Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And today's episode is episode 10, uh, Deuce Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina? I'm not Greek. Wait, is it Greek or Latin? Well, they, they spoke Latin in Greece. Wait, no, they didn't. They spoke Greek. No, right. Yeah, and then, but <laughs> it was something that was from Greek theater, but it was, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where Latin is basically just like the... Lingua franca. <laughs> well, no, that, that's yeah, not and... French. <laughs> <laughs> We're... Greece and Rome were very closely related in that Rome was sort of the descendant of, I don't know, man. I know about Vikings. Come on, ask me about Vikings. Anywho, this, uh, this episode. It's Latin for plot device. We did ask me about Vikings. That was called the <laughs> Thor Ragnarok episode. <laughs> anyway, this episode, kind of about Greece, but it's also about finally rounding out our villainous cast. Yay! Well, our cast. Wouldn't describe as villains. We've been down to basically one speaking Decepticon for the past couple episodes. So yeah. they've had to make the Viacons talk and they just sound like a dude. Yes. What's up? It's me, Viacons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this first aired March 11th, 2011, uh, written by Nicole Dubuck. Uh, again, previously wrote uh, part of Darkness Rising. We'll write a bunch of, of subsequent episodes, a bunch of rescue bots, and, as previously noted, was also the kid from Major Dad. <laughs> wow. Weird. Yeah. Wow, man. I remember that show. <laughs> I vaguely recall it. Was it sure was a thing. I was getting confused with Coach. Yeah, that, well, that's a thing. Well, yeah, that's... Because I actually saw Coach. That's entirely reasonable. And Coach is more appropriate because that had bulkhead in it. Yes, that's right. But not this bulkhead. No. Nope. The it's other bulkhead. Bulkhead, bulkhead 2.0. So we, uh, well, I guess 3.0 if you count the weird helicopter guy from Cyber from Energon. No, I don't. I don't count that. Nobody does. So, we open with Miko, who is in detention. Because, of course, she's in detention. Yeah, there's no <laughs> shock there. It's, oh, you know, yeah, I I thought Sari was a delinquent man, but holy crap. Well, I mean, part of it is that Sari didn't actually have to go with, like, act, have to go to actual school and interact with other people. Yeah, yeah that's so, Sari just had, like, social interaction issues because she didn't go to school. Yes, and Miko, Miko's the bad girl. I think she's basically been kicked out of her own country. It's yeah. probably a fair guess. I don't know, cause I kinda feel like if, 
No, I want to say I kind of feel like if that was the case, she would totally straight up admit it. This is true. But on the other hand, I also feel like that might be the point where she was actually kind of embarrassed about her own behavior. <laughs> she, she might not want to actually admit to things have got having gotten that bad. She can feel shame. Yes. <laughs> but not in this case, because Bulkhead pulls up. He's playing some sort of insane metal music on his radio, which he starts sort of singing along with. Except he just seems to be making random noises. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah it's that's like, it's that's what you do. Very industrial, it barely has lyrics. It's a kind of decent tune, though. He's basically doing, like, the metal version of scat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, and man. Here, oh, has there been a heavy metal version of scat, man? I'll have to look that up later. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of all doing that Cookie Monster voice. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, apparently those are the words, because uh, Miko just ditches detention, pops in, and also starts singing along with this random noise. <laughs> and uh, he is just willing to enable her. Well, he's not entirely willing. He He puts a little bit of effort into attempting to parent her, because someone needs to. Yes. But... She, yeah, she talks him into being her escape vehicle, even as he protests being her escape vehicle. <laughs> and he's like, "Come on, you'll you'll never get to college if uh, if you keep doing this." He's like, You're, <laughs> Except well, he doesn't it actually remember, to remember what, what college is. Yes. No, he doesn't know what college is. I don't. I don't know if it's not because it's not a thing on Cybertron, or if just Bulkhead doesn't know what it is. <laughs> a little of both. And he's all, you're not my dad, Bulkhead. <laughs> oh, yeah, there, there's a, a discussion about, like, or hinting at, but not explicitly saying what her parents are. They, they just, what did they, she say something about she did, they didn't want her back or they wanted her out of the country? Well, it's, uh, it's like, you know, you know what are you going to do? Tell my parents they're in Japan and my host parents fear me. <laughs> yes. Almost exactly what they say. Right, well, um, thought there. Anyway, you have some sort of theory about uh, Miko's parents. Oh, yeah. Um, well, Bulkhead says he's in construction, or was in construction on Cybertron. And Miko's saying that Bulkhead is kind of like her parents. So my theory is that her dad works in construction in Japan, specifically in Nihon Break Kogyo, I am... Japan Break Industries. You'll have to explain to me what that is. <laughs> it's a, oh, it's like, it was over a decade ago at this point. Like, there was a, well, sort of a construction company, but more of a destruction company that would break down it's, old buildings. It's called Demolition. It's, yeah, it's called Demo Demolition. That's the word. That's the word. There was a demolition company that had like they had a steel ball and a diamond cutter, and one of the employees liked to write metal music. So he wrote is this a, song a, a real about, thing, or is this yes! from like a? Okay, I thought no, maybe this, this was some tokusatsu thing. thing. Okay. No, it's just like <laughs> this guy who wrote a metal song about his job. Somehow it found its way onto the internet and became popular. <laughs> Especially among, like, the super robot fans. Yes, this is the world I'm familiar with. I was just picturing, like, he's he's just, the, you know, they're sort of just very bland, sedate people. Like in those <laughs> Godzilla movies when they have, you know, they call a meeting about Godzilla. 
He's like the third guy from the left, checking his papers. <laughs> yes. No, not yet. Well, they're very boring. Average Japanese dad in anime. Large man, possibly the mustache with glasses, always reading a paper. Yes. Disapproving glares. <laughs> anyway, so, so Bulkhead's all, you know, hey, I was a construction worker on Cybertron and it kind of sucked. And so, you know, you don't want to do construction all your life. Maybe you'd rather be a, a medic like, like Ratchet, you know, the, the old guy who's miserable all the time. And Nobody <laughs> wants to be like Ratchet. And hates everybody. <laughs> you know, you should be like that guy. Yeah, I too hate everyone. I mean, the problem is he's the only one who has something resembling a real job amongst the Autobots. That's fair, because everyone else has sort of yeah. these vague military jobs, like Bumblebee is a scout and RC is a murderer. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Bulkhead breaks things. Yes. And Optimus Prime is, uh, you know, he's got the Optimus Prime job. You can't have the Optimus yeah. Prime job. No. We're going to have to, uh, I cannot hear Miko delivering, uh, long sonorous speeches. <laughs> oh, oh, Miko speeches, that would Ratchet's be- Ratchet's the only wow. one who's really, like, significantly useful in any non-combat capacity. <laughs> wow, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess we know that Bulkhead is useful in the sense that he can, you know, break stuff, which, you know, you need to do stuff. Or you need to do yeah. at times. Someone needs to do demolition and open those horrible space devil plastic packaging. <laughs> yeah, but how am I ever going to get my Generation 2 toys out? <laughs> oh, I hate those. I hated them so much. <laughs> extra Worst packaging ever. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, this... they had those plastic, the sort of plastic... I don't want to say clamshell, but sort of clamshelly packages. I mean, clam, it's clamshell, except clamshells are supposed to open. Yeah. Oh, the double layered, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, that were all welded shut. They were the worst. They the were time you need scissors to get open. Yeah. Yeah, they were pretty much why I owned a pocket knife. <laughs> anyway, so they have, uh, you know, there's been Energon stuff going on in the country called Greece. Ah. <gasps> Mm, I'm surprised they don't make any jokes about Greece, oh. given that they're they're robots. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, and, and Jack is also here, and he's just very amused at uh, Bulkhead razzing uh, Miko about her lack of interest in anything that isn't you know robots or metal music <laughs> or breaking things. Yes. Anyway, so yeah, they're uh, they're gonna head over to Greece. I don't know, find some. Ancient artifacts, maybe get some gyros. Mm-hmm. Oh, you pronounced it properly. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of things that also sound like robot parts, gyros. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, this episode denies us any gyro, gyro misunderstanding comedy. Alas. Yeah, it kind of would have been nice That's if because- stopped food. That would require them to actually, we've, we've discussed this, it would require them to actually, like, model other people. This is <laughs> yeah, true. Which, well, well, they do this episode, but- We get one it's, guy. It's a rare. <laughs> I guess you could have stuck a mustache on him and the right outfit and it could have been a- I mean, I think if you stuck a mustache on that guy, he just looked, looked like Bob from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> oh my god, he would have. Uh, no. Anyway, 
So uh, back on the Decepticon ship, uh, Starscream has called in uh, an outside specialist. He thinks that he's coming in to help Megatron in the lab, but it turns out that Megatron is, in fact, hella dead, and he is <laughs> a very rare Decepticon medic. He is knockout. Yay! I I have Sweet. a theory here regarding him bringing in knockout specifically. I mm-hmm. think that basically Soundwave just guilted Starscream into bringing in a medic of some sort. And so Starscream oh, yeah. basically just did the equivalent of calling up a plastic surgeon. <laughs> I think I think he brought in Knockout specifically because he didn't want Megatron to get fixed. Although we do well, know why he had to yeah. bring somebody in. Because the Viacons held a vote. Ah, uh, <laughs> Those Viacons. They, had, they formed a union. <laughs> oh, no. oh my god, they should! I mean... <laughs> well, as we're about to really find should. out later in this episode, it is an unsafe workplace. <laughs> yes, yeah. it really is. Thing. And he is Darren Norris, a uh, voice actor in a zillion things. Uh, he's on that uh, Fairly Odd Parents. Um, he's a uh, any, but uh, I mean, I'm assuming you. Uh, this would be a reference lost on uh, you as a Canadian, but I'm pretty sure isn't he in those progressive insurance commercials? No, David. No, that is it's we get those him. up here, and that is what's his name. Um, but it uh. Uh, from Archer. Ah. Um, and he's, 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 uh, Dr. Spachemin on 30 Rock. What's his name? Chris Parnell. Okay. I'm pretty he sure does that's Chris sound Parnell. sound a lot like, he sounds a lot like Chris Parnell. There is a similarity there, but I'm, I'm reasonably sure that's Chris Parnell. You know, he's, uh, he's Cyril on Archer. I'll allow it. I also thought Cyril on Archer was the same guy as Knockout until I looked it up, so. Wait. Uh, but, uh. Knockout. People- Knockout People. is a J. Jonah Jameson in a Spider-Man? Yes, on uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, I believe. But you may best know him in live action from the classic Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode Hobgoblins. What? He's oh the MC goodness. in that awful club they go to. <laughs> wow. At the end. <laughs> wow. And, and hilariously, they comment, uh, uh, proof that there's no life after drama club. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's kind of the best thing in that movie. Not that that's hard, because that movie is unwatchable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, no, there there have been worse movies on MST3K, but it, it's close. <laughs> Greetings, lowlifes. That's <laughs> weird, because I, I rewatched that recently, and it, it's just obviously the knockout voice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And apparently he's going to play Phil Hartman in a biopic. Really? He kind of does look like Phil Hartman. That's fair. That's really interesting. Anyway, so yeah, he uh, he drops in, and uh, he is... He's he's coded as a gay villain. (laughs) Yeah, which, that's... I will say when he shows up too, he says something about getting bugs in his grill and Starscream says, you're one of those. And okay, hey, Starscream, you are one to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. RC doesn't have high heels in this series, but I do. Starscream is a raging autophobe. But yes, what he actually means is that he is being snotty at Knockout for being 
an automobile. Yes. <gasps> it's a car Decepticon. That's right. Yeah. I kind of like the think? idea that the, the jet guys hate the car guys. <laughs> yeah, because yes. that, that was a thing, at least in fanfics of G1. Because, like, most of the Decepticons at, at the beginning were flyers, and later on they, they had, like, the Constructicons as Stunicons and things. Yeah, I mean, that was the big deal with the Aerobots and the Stunticons, especially, like, in the fiction. Like, oh my god, Autobot Jets. Because we <laughs> forgot that Skyfire was in the show. <laughs> so we left him in the Arctic. Again. And it was, like, a big deal in that episode that the Stunticons, like, humans mistake the Stunticons for Autobots because they assume that these Transformer cars have to be Autobots. I mean, it's right in the name. They're Autos. Yeah, so that's, like, actually a thing they really played up in G1 with, with the uh, Aerobots and Stunticons that, oh my god, it's yeah. Autobot jets and Decepticon cars. But that kind of faded away until Animated brought it back. Yes. yes. With the Decepticons transforming to rise up stuff. Although, notably yes. in Beast Wars, uh, the Predacons had guys who flew, and the Autobot, or the Maximals only really had Primal. Uh, yeah. And Air Razor, Later. but she wasn't there very well. No, she was not. And then Cheetor could fly, and then it all kind of went out the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Much like in G1, where by Season 3 it all kind of went out the yeah, window. Yeah, now we've just got a helicopter guy, it doesn't matter. <laughs> It's 2005, everybody's wearing jumpsuits. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, those jumpsuits. It's even better in Only Human when they all <laughs> happen to conveniently find jumpsuits that correlate with their color schemes. Anyway. anyway. Yeah, so Knockout is not thrilled. He thought, that, you know, somebody might need a quick buff job, and then here's just Megatron on life support with a giant asshole in his chest. Yeah, it's, but he, Megatron's actually breathing, which is strange. It is strange, but it's like kind it, of, I mean, it, otherwise you'd really have no way of knowing he's alive. Yeah, I, well, I think yes. that this is a lot like, and David, you, you should appreciate this now that you play World of Warcraft as well. Uh-huh. Like how there's idle breathing animations for everyone, including the undead. So that, for instance, you know that your game didn't freeze up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's... Because well, your character is... Yeah. But in, in this, it's weird because Megatron's obviously breathing, and it's not like any of the other robots regularly do that. Right, but because they're standing still, I mean, because the others are moving around and he's still, that's yeah. sort of your cue, your subtle cue that he is not completely expired. I mean, they had, I guess they felt they had to put in something to sort of give that away, and that's a a subtle sort of visual tell. Well, it's subtle visual, but you could have just fallen back on the standard, the machine that goes ping in the corner. That's true. <laughs> I can't, I, I, it's kind of creepy, though. I like it. It's like the, uh, like the breathing TV in uh, Videodrome. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. I will bring up Videodrome at the slightest provocation. <laughs> and certainly I'll be talking about other old school horror movies later in this episode. Just you wait. <laughs> Just yeah, you we'll, wait and see. So, and other uh, old movies. Yeah, so Bulkhead and Miko get to Greece. Uh, there are a bunch of sort of very, very picturesque uh, temple ruins there. But it, it's like an odd temple ruins because like 
it's a temple ruins in a valley, which I guess they had to dig down to it, but like temples are usually on mountains, not in valleys. I mean, I mean, maybe it was in a town. Maybe, or it was closer to a river that ain't there no more. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah. you know, Decepticons destroyed it. Yeah. Because it turns out this is an ancient Autobot site, because there is a big, uh, big fresco with a, a Poseidon looking guy holding a big gold orb. <gasps> What's that? What's that orb? <laughs> anyway, so Miko has apparently come here to do research for her history report. How is that supposed to work? <laughs> I, well, Bulkhead brought her along to do that. Just write your history report about these random pillars. Yeah, I don't... Well, it's Bulkhead's idea, so I guess he doesn't have any idea what he's doing. He has no clue what academia academia consists of. Yeah. Yes, well, this is a Bulkhead I mean, who did not study. Yeah, Unlike I mean, when I was doing construction, they just took us to a construction site. So uh, I assume that's uh, what this is like. Yeah. I mean, he recognizes it as an excavation site. So apparently they f- they hit Energon here. And uh, coincidentally, that was also what Knockout and Bulkhead were doing. Or sorry, what Knockout and his buddy were doing. Uh, uh, yes. d- doesn't he call him his assistant first? His assistant, yes. And yes, the nature of their relationship Starscream. is not 100% clear. I will just say that later in the episode, I pretty much like out loud as I watched it when it first aired said, oh, okay, so that guy's the top. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's innuendo, but like the innuendo on Knockout is kind of heavy. It's not as heavy on Breakdown. No, he is definitely the the straight gay of the two. Yeah. I mean, as far, he's the bear. He's the bear. <laughs> yes. I mean, as far as, because I'm for some reason full of G1 comparisons tonight, Knockout is a lot like an evil Trax. I, I will say yeah. that, that that is his sexuality is evil Trax. Yeah. Anyway, so indeed, uh, Breakdown shows up and he is voiced by uh, Alec Baldwin. No, uh, no. we wish. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, sorry. Billy Baldwin. No. <laughs> no. Stephen Baldwin? That'd be better. Oh, if only. Okay, Daniel Baldwin. Frank Stallone? <laughs> Hold your Not breath. Yet. That's Wait, cover. <laughs> you Logan guessed there? it. No, it is Adam Baldwin, who is not one of those Baldwins, and who is also not a good uh, person. And no. yeah, he's become persona non grata at a lot of conventions. Yeah. And- such. Persona non insulting people I know on Twitter. Yeah, he is he's real he's a real jerk. He's a piece of shit, but I mean if, if only and... they had guessed, because he always plays obnoxious assholes in everything he's on. Okay, I Wait, I um... just want to say that I watched Alien Resurrection the other night, as people who follow me on Twitter might know, because my internet was down for a day and a half. And it was very, very, very written by Joss Whedon, uh, which (laughs) I hadn't really remembered in 1997, the last time I saw it in the theater when I didn't actually really know who Joss Whedon was. The character in that, who is clearly proto-Jane, is played by Ron Perlman. And I would like to point out that Ron Perlman is a very nice fellow in real life. Ron Perlman yes. is such a And he is also c- constantly hilariously dragging Trump on Twitter in basically Ron Perlman voice. Yes. Yep. 
So, just because you're playing asshole characters does not necessarily mean you're an asshole. But I guess if all you play is asshole characters, it's like all David Spade plays is annoying characters, and he is annoying in real life. So, but I guess not everyone can have Ron Perlman's range. Going back to it, the the not Baldwin Baldwin in this as breakdown is actually kind of good. Yeah, I mean he's fine. Yeah, and I will mention that this was sort of cast before I think he had shown his true colors. <clears throat> yeah, this was was this after Firefly. Yeah, yes. but not too long. I mean, I say not too long after, but part of that is probably that I didn't watch Firefly until it was on Netflix. I still <laughs> have not seen it. It's very good. Yeah, this is in fact both after Firefly and after Serenity. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, I I actually saw the movie before I saw the series itself because I went with a friend to see it, uh, who had actually watched the series as it was on, uh, just due to the fact that back those, back in those days, you couldn't just like, you would have to actually set a VCR to watch a thing you couldn't watch when it aired. Uh, I had a lot of trouble pinning down the show to actually watch it. But I I did catch one random episode of Firefly, and it was the episode where they go to a town where Jane is worshipped like a god. Yes. Which, uh, it was a good episode, but um, awkward now. <laughs> but anyway, we're- but yeah, I mean, it was it was a really good series. Uh, eh. I thought it was it's, really it's, very, it's very Josh Weed. Well, the good news is we're Josh about Weed. to get a better uh, Firefly cast member in a couple episodes. Yes. yes. Yes, we will. And I don't want to spoil anything, but it has a satisfying conclusion to... <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, in the end, we'll get what we want. It's yes. going to take a while. So apparently, anyway, back to this episode. Yeah, so apparently he and Bulkhead are like old rivals because they just start beating on each other. And also he tries yeah. to squoosh Amika with a giant pillar. That's not very nice. They're just destroying all manner of precious, of you know, priceless artifacts here. They don't care. And yeah, they just slam right into this fresco and it's gone and Breakdown's all, Welp, see ya. But but luckily, Miko snapped a picture of this with her ever-present phone. Again, not landscape. <laughs> it does apparently take things as landscape, even if you're not holding the phone in that position. Well, it's as one of those high-end, one of those high-end Japanese phones. Yeah. I get, well, yeah, I guess with like the flip phone, it was before things. it became a standard. But it, it's still weird to see it, see her do that, and have the automatic reaction turn it sideways. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> So they get back, basically looks at this, and it turns out that that golden orb is an Energon Harvester, which <gasps> it's Ooh. a shiny golden ball that drains Energon, be it out of the ground or out of a person. Well, a, a Transformer. Well, a Transformer, yes. Since obviously people not a, don't not have Energon in them. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's basically a portable Unicron. I mean, no, it just sucks so the life out of it. Ancient Autobots created this. Why? Why was it just the ancient Autobots? Like, did they tear up the schematics? I mean, probably. Because this just seems like a common industrial device. Well, yeah, but that you can murder people with, though. 
That's probably I guess why then they, they might have stopped making them when you could murder them. Yes. And, uh, yes, remember this is a, uh, it's a shiny sphere that uh, can be used to drain the life out of people in instance. Uh, put a pin in that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, get ready for our pseudo special guest star. <laughs> I'm gonna put special in air quotes. Yeah, so, anyway, it turns out this, they, you know, they do the old Google reverse image search. And it turns out that the actual, this is just a picture of it, the actual thing is in a museum somewhere. And but that's not important. Well, also put a pin in that one. They never make clear where it is, but, well, it has to be America, because of English-speaking dude. It could be in Canada. Uh, I Yeah, I guess it could be. Well, oh, that might go maybe more with my theory, but yeah. Well, we have a weird hint to its location that we'll find out in a sec. Oh, okay. So, oh, and uh, what, when is it that Ratchet tries to call uh, Fowler? This is now, because they're all, hey, you know, like, okay. you know th- obviously this could all be solved if we could just call Fowler and he could, you know, send his men in black into this museum and they could take this thing. But he, He's totally at the beach. Which is what Bulkhead suggests later, even though his answering machine says that he is at an intensive training retreat. Which means he's just in the- Yeah, that's what I would say too if I was forest. at the beach. Well, I don't know. It's Fowler. Who knows? Maybe Although he's I, doing trust falls in a forest. Oh man. Although I have to say that this sort of tips off the ending because instead of just saying, you know, well, we, we, we've contacted Agent Fowler and he is unavailable, we actually get Ernie Hudson doing a voicemail message. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think even without that, the ending would be telegraphed. But, uh-huh. I don't know. I, I want to make that my voicemail message now. <laughs> oh, that'd be interesting. My favorite part is a callback. When Ratchet shouts at the answering machine, I hate talking to machines. Yes. <laughs> I like that, that so a much. Good one. So, yeah, so they're just going to have to steal this thing. And unfortunately, instead of a hilarious uh, museum heist in which the Autobots somehow have to get into a human-sized museum, uh, Miko decides that, well, no, you know, we're, you know, people and we can fit inside this people building, so we'll steal it. You know, when, when Optimus, when they're talking about that, and it's Raph who's like, but that's illegal. And I'm like, really, Raph? Really? Have you not done anything illegal already? <laughs> <laughs> yes, all your that's hacking your into co- government facilities. You're constantly Matthew Brodericking these computers. <laughs> Really, you're going to bring up that that's illegal? No. Wait. Stop. I got a question. Is this, so far, Miko's only good plan? I mean, it's only kind of a good plan, but it's probably her best plan. (laughs) Yes, and it involves committing a crime. (laughs) Like I said, she's a huge delinquent. Yeah. Yeah, if if she hadn't found the Transformers, she might have gone into a life of crime. I mean, she definitely, like, they probably had to kick her out of Japan because she belonged to one of those super cool Japanese girl gangs. Oh, oh man. Oh, no fair. I mean, so I assume, good. you know, David, as a consumer of anime, you have a much better concept of the super cool Japanese girl gangs than I do. But they're totally a thing, right? Slightly better, <laughs> well, at least in anime. I guess they're, they're, Japan sometimes latches onto bits of culture that have died well i guess it happens in america too but it, it's more accentuated in japan they have greasers in japan 
like 1950s greasers. Oh. <laughs> leather with the bikes and stuff. It's, oh, and the music. Like a bunch of Danny Zuko's. Yeah, that's adorable. <laughs> Which I guess is kind of related to the biker gangs and stuff. Right. And the biker gals. So, uh-oh, I just heard somebody leave. Uh, we've lost a gen. Ah, poopy. Okay, so I, I can Google up, uh, biker gals. Uh, biker gal. No, not bike along. Although, well, that actually is kind of related. Okay, so yeah, Miko definitely in like some sort of Japanese biker girl gang. Yeah, she's a delinquent. Yeah. So indeed, the kids uh, get in here on top one of those uh, like scissor lifts. Uh, but unfortunately, the Decepticons have also found out about this, and Starstream's all, oh, hey, uh, maybe you guys shouldn't bother with uh, Megatron right now, and uh, I'm sending you guys to take this big golden ball. So I have I have a question here. If, if Breakdown is Knockout's assistant, that implies he assists him with his actual, like, work that he does on a professional basis. Except he's, like, what's he even do? He's not a medic. He is a big guy who breaks things. Well, I mean, we, you know, he, we, he's, like, on the operating table. He's, like, scalpel, you know, arc uh-huh. welder, whatever. He, and actually, we do see, I think in the next episode, we see him, like, buffing Megatron with, like, a metal <laughs> polisher. Yeah, well, He's uh, just his buffer. Knockout does say that, that he's better at taking bots apart than repairing them in this yes. episode. Yes, he turns his hand into a, like, horrible drill so seriously what's okay fine i guess then he can still be his assistant assisting him in doing danger things i don't know words so anyway the kids get bridged into the museum they uh you know in something that i don't think exactly works miko takes a picture of this statue (laughs) then puts her phone on the camera upside down so that it will then display the picture while they are stealing it well, she made sure to take yeah, the picture upside down, but I do think that there is probably some kind of issue dealing with screen refresh rates that would... But it's a flip phone, so that was before that was a thing. So, it, it's a stupid Mission Impossible thing. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's the low-tech version of Simon Pegg with that weird thing in, uh, in the fourth one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Autobots are sort of running point outside, and so Optimus has to fight Knockout and Breakdown. Uh, whilst Knockout uh, the kids... is entire don't sexualize Prime like that. Oh yeah, that. he's just hitting on Optimus Prime, saying he has nice rims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah Knockout likes shiny rims and likes them big. Uh, not Optimus, though. <laughs> well, if anyone is going to sexualize Optimus, it's going to be Knockdown, because he sexualizes everyone. I mean, I guess, but... Well, probably not RC. Well, okay. She's a motorcycle. Maybe not. Yeah. He's only got two wheels. He's not interested. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't like them when they have two wheels. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally what it was. Just like totally what Starscream was talking about was was him being a car, even though Starscream has no business whatsoever casting any shade there. 
Listen, if this conversation had gone for one additional sentence, he would definitely have called Optimus Prime Daddy. <laughs> so yeah, there there's a big fight outside. It's a pretty cool fight. Yeah, it's it's yeah. A, it's a good fight. Good job, good job on the fight scene. And unfortunately, well, uh, well, Raph and Jack get away. Miko gets caught by a security guard, and the security guard, who is unnamed, does have a celebrity voice actor. Kind of. Oh, he does. Well, it's really? uh, it's Reggie Bannister, who is the he's the ice cream man, six barrel oh. shotgun guy from Phantasm. <laughs> oh, I, I guess I had no idea what he sounded like. To me, he he just he kind of looks like CG Jim Belushi. He does kind of yeah. look like Jim Belushi. I mean, he looks like a security guard, but not like a yeah, which you know Paul Blart mall cop security guard. No, just. Not- that far. But, and this tells me that this episode was basically an episode long homage to the Phantasm horror movie series. Because why else would you cast <laughs> Reggie Bannister? Because yeah, you, you know ball. him and he's around yeah. and he needs a job. I mean, you know, guy's got a bunch of horror conventions to go to and I think they were making like a fifth Phantasm movie at the time. I wonder okay. if they asked, Ang- I kind of wonder if they asked Angus Scrim first though. <laughs> I mean, he'd kind of be too old for this, but he's also, like, the most famous guy from Phantasm. Yeah. Yeah. You play a good game, boy. And then Mika would be like, I'm not a boy. Oh, wow. And then da-da-da-da-da-da-da. A bunch of crazy... That'd be the one way to make Soundwave in this show creepier, is have him voiced by the tall man. I mean, he is, and he kind of has the build of Angus Scrim in those movies. Yeah. Although Angus Scrim wasn't actually that tall. He had to wear, like, lifts. <laughs> nice. Movie yeah, magic. I mean, it, it's super weird that there's this elaborate homage to Phantasm in this Transformer show. It's not well, that it's, elaborate. No, it, it's it's only if you're looking for it do you find it. If you like Phantasm that much, I didn't notice. It's ab- it has to be deliberate. This he, Reggie this it is just Reggie Bannister's you. only voice acting credit. But what else like what else about it makes it an homage to that specific thing? Well, the phantasm is also He's a voice a, actor and as a ball, that's it. Well, I mean they're one of the recurring elements of phantasm is that they're uh, what they call sentinel spheres, which are shiny hovering balls. That suck the life out of people. In this uh, case, ah, okay, that's I mean, fair. Yeah, yeah. Except it, you know, it's a horror movie, so it's like they like a bunch of drills come out of them and they suck people's blood out. Maybe Jeffrey Combs was like, "Hey, I know a guy." Yeah, that's more like. Well, they he probably did know that guy. Well, because yeah. in a couple episodes, we're going to get the Reanimator episode. Yeah, and uh, I mean, yes. there there are horror conventions, and there were, I mean. There were long enough ago that at, like, one of the Chicago botcons, we were in, like, a space right next to one, and then there was, like, a Warhammer 40k con thing in another area, and it was pretty, pretty nerdy. I mean, I can, I can almost guarantee that Reggie Bannister has met Jeffrey Combs, and probably yeah. both of them have met, uh, the new recurring cast member who we're gonna see next season. So if nothing else, they've probably, like, met each other at 
horror com- cons and stuff. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, no, this is- <laughs> Like, I know a guy who knows about glowing spheres. This is absolutely a phantasm homage. I will brook no dissent on this topic. Okay, fine. I'll allow it. Anyway, so yeah, the, he's, and I kind of like that this guy isn't like a bungling boob. He, I mean, he's not entirely sure what's going on here because, I mean, how is she going to, how is this tiny girl going to steal this gigantic sphere from this museum? <laughs> which, by the way, uh, this is a museum that apparently has like an Easter Island statue, this ancient Greek artifact, and a dinosaur skeleton. I don't know well, if you're version. allowed to take Easter Island statues. Maybe it's a replica? Yeah, I but hope like, so. Like, okay, the dinosaur is probably a reproduction skeleton, of course. The the Maui is probably a reproduction, but then why is this Neptune with the ball the only real thing in there? In the main entry lobby. And I mean, there are museums like this. The like the Royal Ontario Museum sort of has this um like they've got like a natural history component and a like a human history component. It, it but, does uh, seem odd though. I'm just used to the Smithsonian, which has all the museums. Everything sectioned off, yeah. Yes. Anyway, my question of where this museum is comes up here because uh Reggie Bannister is reading the Jasper Daily. <laughs> oh. Which is the same newspaper that uh, the detention teacher was reading at the beginning of the episode. Why did they have this in Jasper? I, uh, I mean, this clearly is not Jasper. It's huge. No. Maybe this guy's from Jasper and he's trying to like catch up on the local news. Yeah. yeah so it has to be at least be in the same state, but. Boy, I wonder, wonder how the, I wonder how the fighting cacti are doing uh, this year. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll also note that the, on this newspaper, the front page and the sports section are in the wrong place. Oh, <laughs> I didn't notice that. Anyway, it's kind of like, um, it's like how they have like one prop newspaper that you ever see, that you always see in TV shows. So somebody pointed out that you can see, uh, Ed O'Neill reading the same newspaper in both an episode of Modern Family and an episode of Married with Children. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, because they mass produced those like decades ago and they just keep using them. And, uh, how you have the same like fake beer cans and everything. Yeah. Oh, the prop department. It, it, it's more understandable that they're using the same beer cans all the time, that they're always using the same newspapers. Makes sense from a pop standpoint, but not any logical sense. Well, no. And also, he, you know, he's pressing her, uh, hey, so what's, uh, what's your report on? Um. Grease. Yeah. It, it's the word. <laughs> you know, uh, grease. Anyway, so, uh, Raph and Jack are running around with this thing, and so they, uh, they see, you know, there's, there's a door opening, they see some feminine legs outside, and they're all, oh hey, it's RC. But it's actually Soundwave. <laughs> Soundwave's sexy <laughs> lady legs. Soundwave and his, and his dynamite gams. I'm just gonna say this now. Transformers Prime is clearly the queerest Transformers <laughs> series that, that we have gotten. Uh, yeah, and I don't think, R.I.D. Take is. that, more than meets the eye. Yeah. Well, no, the, the comics have been gotten I'm, more. I'm, I'm the, aware that it's much queerer than... Well, yes. Also, I'm not sure I can use that word as a straight guy. <laughs> uh, 
The moral of the story is Soundwave has such sexy lady legs that they mistake him for Arcee. Man, now I want to see. Maybe he should consider getting heels. Now I want to see a a scene where he's like using those to hitchhike. (laughs) (laughs) Just sticking them out. So yeah, he's all yoink, and he takes this thing away. Knockout and breakdown, peace out after finishing up what is kind of hilariously just like a drunken fight in a museum parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not like super fancy martial artists here. No, they totally they just... blow a hole in this museum, too. Yeah. 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 And yet the security guards all, oh no, oh, no you're going to get in trouble with, I don't know, your parents. As opposed to, what, did you like bring a tank to this museum? Who are you? <laughs> Does Japan have like secret uh, agents in uh, in the states, like in the Americans? I mean, maybe. <laughs> Do you know Carrie Russell? <laughs> anyway, so you know, you know they know Starscream, and they know Starscream is going to go. You know, he's extremely lazy, so he's going to go wherever he knows there's Energon. And in that case, that's Greece. So we're going back. Yay! We're going back to that one setting that we made models for. Yeah. So. And meanwhile, Bulkhead is very upset about this whole turn of events because he does not want Miko to get in trouble. Because I'm sure you know, he knows that this is the one step. This is she'll after this she'll go to jail. <laughs> that she'll get kicked out of another country. He's yes. such a big puppy about it. She'll have to join the French Foreign Legion or something. <laughs> and he's so mad that he indeed incites another Bulkhead. I needed that by breaking the. What is? Is this, That's a very wait, emphatic have one. one. Yes. Have we had one before? I, I tried to check yes, my notes have. and I couldn't. We did? Okay, so this is number two? Yes, and I believe they were so. both in episodes written by Nicole Dubik. Okay, uh-huh. so maybe it's her. It's, it's her version of a feminism. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I So the thing that Ratchet needed that for, so he's making a a fake little golden orb thing for them to put back yes. in the statue's hands. Why does it need to be full of stuff? I have no idea. I mean, I guess presumably the maybe the other one was full of stuff, so they, you know, just in case somebody takes a look at it. Well, yeah. You can't just paint up a Christmas There's... ornament. I mean, if they'd x-rayed it and seen what was inside, oh, there's the thingies, it's inside, so we have to replicate it, but why would they x-ray it in the first place? And how the hell would Ratchet know what the hell's inside it? Why why doesn't he just fill it full of chunks of metal, and why is it, like, got (laughs) gears and all kinds of gauze? Like, it does something. Listen, Ratchet is a professional. Uh, Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I guess that that's why the episode of him doing the science fair was set up, so this would make sense. Yes. That he's designing a world destruction device to stick in the hand of an ancient statue. <laughs> anyway, I, I like that uh, Jack is all, well, you know, we've already committed, you know, breaks and break-ins and, uh, you know, oh. uh, theft. We might as well commit art forgery now, too. <laughs> oh, I guess the I Needed That's were in the, the five-parter. There were already two of them. So this is number three. Ooh. I thought we were we were along a few in those. Yeah. So yeah, they uh, the Decepticons get to Greece, and uh, Starship's all, "Hey, look what this thing can do!" And he turns this thing on. Uh, Knockout gets it away, but just rando Viacon just gets drained of his energon. 
He's so he's dead. Well, yeah, he's the steel ball. Da da da. Listen to the song. Uh, it's a good song. So yeah, Bulkhead attempts to sneak in, but because he's Bulkhead, that does very badly. <laughs> and then Starscream just turns this thing on him. And just sucking his blood out. After a very quick... Like, Bulkhead stumbles, but somehow manages to take out, break down and knock out in like two moves, which admittedly he ducks out of the way and causes a domestic violence incident. Yes. But uh, yeah, then he starts getting sucked by the ball. (laughs) Killed a Viacon, just killing them. I mean, I guess there's just so much energon in Bulkhead, though, that it's taken a while for it to pull it all out of him. So he's able to, you know, walk in and just crush it and then throw it into the distance where it just blows up. Sadly, yeah, it, Starscream it's... is not all that sexy when when he says that Bulkhead is a big one. <laughs> no, no. Knockdown is the one that likes people. And then Starscream is all, Bulkhead, I needed that. Yes. <laughs> And then the rest of the Autobots get there, and Starscream et al. just bug out. They retreat in true G1 Megatron fashion. Yes. Meanwhile, back at the museum, Miko apparently knows a ton of Greek history. You know, she remembered it from class, even though she wasn't paying that much attention. Yeah. And then uh, she She starts talking about, uh, you know, the, the... And in a in a bit that is amusingly meta, she starts talking about, uh, you know, a deus ex machina, which is, you know, when people just sort of, you know, when something out of nowhere would just come and save you, at which point something out of nowhere comes and saves her, <laughs> by which it's Captain, it's, uh, it's, it's Agent Fowler. Agent Fowler. Yeah. Yay! Yay, we got a title drop. And then what does this guard think is happening? Why is this federal agent coming in to rescue this exchange student? No, and also why is that- this military agent coming in to pick up an exchange student? And oh no, why is the front of the museum been destroyed? Why did yes. I not notice that before? I am so fired. I'm going to have to become an ice cream man and uh, befriend a boy who's investigating a uh, sinister mortuary owner. <laughs> Shared universe. Sure. Yeah. Next, uh, oh, thing, so this a is the prequel little... before he lost his hair. That's right. And, you know, a bunch of those little Jawa guys are going to show up. There's going to be a chainsaw <laughs> fight. Why? Phantasm is a weird movie. <laughs> what? It's it's a weird series because it turns out he was stealing bodies to make warriors to go back and fight the Civil War. What the fuck? It's complicated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You think when you die, you go to heaven, but you come to me. It, it, for long-running like horror series, I think it might be second only to Hellraiser for bullshit. <laughs> well, the weird I mean, thing it's is, more I mean, entertaining like, than the Hellraiser sequels. But well, I mean, Phantasm, it's like all the same people. Whereas yes. Hellraiser, a lot of those are just other movies that they wanted to get made, so they just put Pinhead in them. All of them, except for... I think it's the, the first three. One? Okay, I'm, the not, first I'm not three. sure about the third one. 
I mean, the third one isn't very good, but it's definitely a bad Hellraiser movie. I, as far as I, it's possible that all of them after the first one might have been just scripts that were glued together. But the second one's actually pretty sadly, good. Sadly, I don't think, oh, sadly, I don't think any Prime episodes deal with them finding an ancient cube, so I'm not going to get to do all my Hellraiser jokes. <laughs> well, yeah, because the movies did the cubes, so they, they didn't want to cover the, the exact same cube. Character. Where is the cube? Man, anyway, so that's the episode. Played... <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, so Miko gets out of there, and she's all, hey, I'm going to write my uh, report about uh, how, uh, you know, the Autobots were in ancient Greece, and, uh, no, Miko, you will fail. <laughs> and possibly sent to a psychiatrist. Yes. Bulkhead is like, Miko, please. Please. Please do not the thing. Uh, and that is Deus Ex Machina. I like this one a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's got knockout. It, th- that, like, improves the episode, like, 50% at least. It has some bits that are super stupid, but I really do enjoy <laughs> how it telegraphs its ending immediately before it happens. It, I yeah. like that it leaned into its stupid, I felt. Yes. You can't, you can't sexualize Prime like that, though. It's messed up. <laughs> like, even in my actually writing Transformers smut days, I just, no, not Prime. Yeah. Not Prime. But he, he, he was one of the few Autobots who had a girlfriend and everything. And kind of a uh, a hilariously Charged. suggestive recharging scene. <laughs> I mean, my parents are married, but that doesn't mean. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, there's a scene where he connects like a cord from his abdomen to her. Let's not. I like to pretend I didn't walk in on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On that episode. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, that is Deus Ex Machina. Um, please uh, join us next time. Until then, we are all over the internet. We are on Tumblr, we are on Twitter, and we're on Facebook. And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting fees and other expenses. That's at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. That's right. Sign up now for the slim pr- for the price of one slim dollar. And you can receive our entire back catalog of special Patreon episodes, our most latest of which uh, was on the sanity-destroying Avengers Infinity War. I can't. I can't. I can't deal with it yet. So good. (laughs) It hurts. Yes, that's why it's so good. (laughs) Yes. So, until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Boy! (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's an extra long recording because we had errors. And we digressed a lot.